Smarties, we really can't believe it. We launched Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast one year ago today, which means we have been working on all these episodes for nearly two years because it took us <laughs> nearly a year to launch. <laughs> so true. So true. Most podcasters quit because it's a lot of work, but we were too passionate. And also we got better at producing these episodes. So it got easier. Yeah. Today, we invited Corey Zacker, one of our earliest Smarties and close friend to join us for this episode to mark the occasion with us and interview us. So this will be a little bit of a switch. Am I right? Mm-hmm. You'll also get to learn more about how we know and love Corey and how basically neither one of us could ever live without her at this point. And she's <laughs> valuable to us. <laughs> but before that, Smarties, thank you. Thank you for being here on this journey with us. We will never forget the first time one of you joined our email list or followed us on Instagram or DM'd us. Quite frankly, we still get excited when you guys join our email list or DM us or follow us on Instagram or join our Facebook group. You have no idea how much it lifted us up at a time when we felt like no one was listening. And believe us, now we know you're listening. Smarties, thank you for this past year. We're committed to bringing you more amazing episodes in year two, and we're excited about what's coming up for all of us. So Smarties, happy anniversary to us. Happy anniversary, Steph. Happy anniversary. And now let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 54 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And welcome to this episode, which is really exciting, actually. And I wanted to take a second just to thank you guys, myself as listeners, for those of you that have been with us on this journey. And those of you who maybe this is the first time you're listening, welcome. And I think this is a little bit of a companion update to episode zero zero when we talked about who we are and, and the podcast. Mm-hmm. So here we are a year later checking in and we welcome Corey to the podcast. Hi, Corey. Hi, you guys. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> I've always been behind the scenes and here I am. <laughs> so we should tell Smarties who you are to us. But first, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about how you got connected with us initially? Sure, I would love to. I used to work for a private school in the South Bay, which is where Stephanie has her practice. And she and I became friends and colleagues because she worked with a lot of students at the school that I worked at. So we got to know each other better, became friends. She introduced me to you, Rachel. Yes. And she told me, Steph, I don't know if you remember, over two years ago, we were having coffee one day and you said that you and Rachel just had this idea of starting your own podcast. And I just remember being super impressed that you guys were such go-getters because podcasting was still, (laughs) you know, it wasn't new, but it was not everybody was jumping into it. So, right. 
I was super excited for both of you. I remember the three of us had lunch. You were coming up with a name for the podcast and you gave me a few. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah, I do remember that. Names. Yes. <laughs> it took us forever. It did. But I think by the time we had lunch, you had come up with the Learn Smarter podcast and that just resonated with me right away. And yeah, so that's how we initially met and how I heard about this podcast. And I've kind of been listening ever since you started. And so Corey, during this period of time of us launching the podcast, I mean, the podcast was launched, I feel like by the time you came on board, both the CAP educational therapy group team, which is my business in Beverly Hills and my ed therapist team, which is Steph's business in Redondo Beach. So how can we explain what you do for both of us now? Because you left that job basically because you wanted to travel and work while you were traveling, right? Yes. I became what the internet calls a digital nomad, where you travel the country or the world and you bring your laptop with you and you make sure you have an internet connection. So I work as an online business manager and have a virtual assistant team and we help small businesses grow and get all that day-to-day stuff done that you guys are too busy changing the world to do. (laughs) I want to give credit where credit is due because I believe it was Steph who told you to do this, right? Absolutely. We were at yet another lunch. Steph and I had lots of lunches together and so so much much lunching. (laughs) And we loved going to uh, fancy restaurants, right? We did. (laughs) I had a company credit card at the time. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) But one day at lunch, I was complaining to Steph how I I had a really long commute here in Los Angeles, commuting over three hours a day, and I couldn't take it anymore. And she and I had talked about travel before. And Mm -hmm. she just turned to me and said, you know what? You should be a virtual assistant. You know, you have all those skills. You can help people manage their businesses. And if you're planning to hit the road, you can do it while you're traveling. And I'm one of those people that says, okay. (laughs) And I literally texted Steph about a month later and I said, thank you for changing my life. I've quit my job Mm -hmm. and I'm starting my own business and I'm hitting the road. (laughs) I remember when I got that text. (laughs) And I will say Steph forced me into quitting my old job and starting my business too. So Steph, you just want everybody to be an entrepreneur working on their own. <laughs> I think so because because I've gotten a couple of other people to do it. You really have. <laughs> She's an entrepreneur whisperer. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny actually. But after you started doing that and then remember I texted you and said, are you taking clients yet? Yes. You were sitting where I'm sitting in my apartment when you texted Corey to say, are you taking clients and yet? And I was sitting exactly where I am right now. And my little home office slash kitchen. And I didn't say that to you to start your own business thinking, oh, I'll be her client or anything. That wasn't, I hadn't thought that far ahead when I said it. But then when you did, I was like, okay, I'm ready. There were certain things you didn't want to do anymore. And then I was like kind of dragging my feet. And this is how everything works with Steph and I, like one of us makes the decision that we're doing it and the other one just kind of gets pulled into it. And I think it was like a couple of weeks later, I was like, fine, I'm in. No, you know what it was, Rachel? You texted me and said, Stephanie told me I have to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's set up a meeting. <laughs> you guys, I've always been a little bossy. Yeah. 
but my mom God. says when I was little. But thank goodness for it, Steph, because Corey, your role with Capet Therapy and Maya Therapist started out rather small. Yes. And then it's just grown because you have so many gifts and natural abilities and skills that you've honed over the years. And so when you connect with either my business or Steph's business, the way you do that is by going to our websites, which are always linked in the show notes, and you sign up for a phone call. And now the first person you're going to talk to, you guys, is Corey. It's me. Corey (laughs) talks to all our clients before they kind of get assigned to a clinician or another therapist in either one of our practices. And you just help with all the things, including the podcast. Yes. So can we talk about how Steph and I decided to bring you on for this one year anniversary episode? Do you know the I don't story? Know the story. I just know that I was so thrilled when you asked me to come on. <laughs> so Steph and I had been thinking about this episode for a couple of months. And what do we want to do? How do we want to market? Do we want to market? We decided we did. And then I was like, well, we have to bring someone on to interview us because it would just be weird if we were like celebrating ourselves for an episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very you were just the natural fit because we talked about two people. We talked about you and we talked about Pierce, who is our editor, who's been with us. He is the one who created our podcast art. Pierce, you're editing this right now. Hi, Pierce. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Pierce. And But we both decided on you because you give us such feedback, Corey. Like you'll listen to an episode, which you don't have to do. And then you'll Voxer both of us. Voxer is like a walkie-talkie app that all three of us use. And you'll tell us why you liked it. (laughs) And then you'll also, if you're ever on an on-air coaching call or participating with us in the podcast in any way, Corey's the one that schedules it for us all too. So it was just such a natural fit. And we know you're... It was. We know that you've been one of our earliest Smarties. Yes. And it's really kind of a bonus to this job for me is having access to all your content because Mm. I'm a mom. My son is in college now, but he had challenges all throughout school that he's really come a long way. So I listen to your podcast still for ideas. I take notes. Um, I share them with him. Mm. So for me, it's just, it's an added bonus. I get, I get a lot from it. Well, I didn't know you did that. I'm going to cry. Now everyone's crying. Oh, that's so nice. I didn't know that you did that either. <laughs> it's what we hoped for. It's, you know, we started the podcast. We said it a lot because we wanted to broaden our impact as educational therapists. Not everybody has access to a net therapist either by where they live or, you know, they get priced out or like we simply don't have enough time in our days, because we can only see clients after school for the most part. And so we wanted to do something that would allow a broader impact. And so like hearing you say that, it warms my heart. It does. It definitely does. Because I know about your struggles, Corey. And it's not just little kids that like adults and college kids can benefit from some of the stuff that we're talking about, for sure. Absolutely. And I always say, I mean, my son is 20 years old now. So ed therapy wasn't even talked about when he was a toddler or in kindergarten or first grade. He would have benefited so tremendously from it at that early age just to set him up with tools 
for the rest of his school time. Well, it's never too late. And he's doing great now. So that he's thriving now, right? He's doing great. Yeah. Super proud of him. That's awesome. So before we kind of let you interview us, we wanted to offer up a couple of ideas to our Smarty audience about how they can help us celebrate this anniversary episode for us. So Smarties, there are lots and lots of ways to celebrate. I will also say tomorrow is my birthday. We're recording this at the end of April. And so that's another great way to celebrate my birthday is by doing one of the following. So Steph, what are some of the ways that our audience can help us celebrate? We would love it, Smarties, if you shared an episode, one of your favorites maybe, on Instagram and tag us at Learn Smarter Podcast. Instagram stories are great too. Yeah, that's so true. You could give us a five-star review on Apple. By the way, if you've done this, we've seen a couple. Oh, yes. And we don't know who they are, but thank you. We don't get an alert, so we don't know if it happens, and then we don't know who it is. So thank you to those of you who have. Some of you guys have tried to connect with us and almost pitched yourself to be on the podcast, and we don't know who you are. So <laughs> you need to either DM us on Instagram or send an email to Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com so we can know who you are and we can thank you that way. Yeah. Five-star reviews are awesome. We'd love it if you join our Facebook group, Smarties at the Learn Smarter Podcast. Join our email list, which you can subscribe to on our website, www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. The theme. Podcast, (laughs) podcast, podcast. (laughs) Let us know if you have an idea for an episode. If you're on our email list, you can just reply back. We get it and we read all of it. Mm -hmm. If not, and you can DM us, you can write us on Facebook. There's lots of ways. Or if you don't want to talk to us, you can even send it to Corey. I mean, you know, whatever you want. (laughs) We will get it eventually. (laughs) You could tell a friend. And if you've been thinking about wanting to do an on-air coaching call, and it might seem like you have a learner that's struggling, or you just want to set up your learner to learn a little bit smarter, then we'd love to have you on. Let us know. Or you could invite us to speak. We've done this before and we love speaking. So we had an opportunity last year where we got to meet some Smarties and speak with them in person. That was amazing. And of course, you can email us or you can email us at our businesses or go to our business pages. There's so many ways, Smarties. Please reach out to us. Help us celebrate this episode with us. We're, we're excited and we feel pretty proud. Yeah, I'm proud of us. All right, Corey, take over. (laughs) That's my favorite line ever. (laughs) Before we even started recording, there was some stuff we talked about. I'm like, Corey, and she's like, yes, I will handle it. I have to start keeping count of how many times a day I hear, Corey, take over. (laughs) (laughs) You know that Jeff of Olivia Pope, where she's like walking, she's in the white coat, and she just says into the phone, it's handled. Yes. That's every time I ask Corey for help, she's like, got it. Yep. Got it. But in my head, she's like Olivia Pope with like the big bottle, like the big wine glass, but the white jacket that somehow never gets wine on it. I have to get one. I told you I have to get one of those coats then. Mm -hmm. Channel my Olivia Pope. Yeah. 
my first question for you guys is that, wow, it's been a year. Um, so what has happened to you since you started the podcast? What do you want to share with everyone? <laughs> We've both had some interesting and unique experiences interacting with Smarties. Yeah. If you guys DM us and you're in Los Angeles, usually want to meet you and we kind of make that happen. Mm-hmm. We understand that podcasts are a very intimate medium. We're with people when they're working out. We're with people when they're on their commute. Some people take a walk with us. Some people binge listen. If they're like finding the podcast now, they're going back. And I've heard that too. And I go, well, that's a lot of Rachel and Steph time. Mm-hmm. The in-person reaction that people have to us when they meet us in person and they're a fan of the podcast is wild. It is wild. It doesn't seem real. Because we've been like that with podcasters. And because podcast people are very intense. Yeah. We've been on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're both podcast listeners. So we really get it. And to think that someone is excited because I took three seconds to respond to a DM or, you know what I mean? Or responded to something they said in the Facebook group. It's super flattering. And our interactions with Smarties has been some of my favorite moments of the past year. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. There's been a couple of other things. There have been a couple of times where I've been speaking to parents or people mm-hmm. and I've said something and a parent will say, I've had a parent a couple of times say, oh yeah, I've heard that before. And I remember one of them in particular, I reacted and said, you've heard that before? Because it was very Steph-like. It was very me to something to say. And the parent said, yeah, you said it on the podcast. And I went, oh, you heard it on the podcast. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of a bizarre feeling and, you know, good. But one of the things that Rachel and I always say, we have these conversations like we're having in real life. And sometimes we don't remember what we say. Right. And so sometimes I'm caught off like, oh, did I say that? Oh, I guess I did say that. That sounds like something. I know Rachel feels the same way. That sounds like something I would have said. So I think that that is kind of neat, you know, having the podcast. I think the other thing is, I'm just going to put this out there that there have been times when parents have called, or I've been talking to a parent that's talking, you know, about educational therapy, and we've been able to use the podcast as reference sources. And that has been really, really nice to say. An episode here. Yeah, instead of me saying in one sentence, here you can listen to 20 minutes of us talking about why, who, what, why, when, where, you know, of what what the strategy is or why we do things the way we do. So I think that's been great too. That's been great. You've developed a real library of resources for families. Mm -hmm. So now when I talk to families on the phone, I can follow up with an email saying, hey, and listen to this episode on executive functioning. And yeah, mm-hmm. all the just, things. So that leads to, to my next question of, you kind of answered it, but you guys are both in Los Angeles and different parts of Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, Redondo Beach. That used to be all it was. So now you're reaching this much broader audience. And Steph, I know you did a little investigating. Mm-hmm. Not only are people listening across the country, but 53 countries in the world, there have been people that listen to the Learn Smarter podcast. How does that feel? Unreal. So I didn't know that we could look at our stats in this way <laughs> until about 
20 <laughs> minutes to hitting record on this episode before. And Steph was joking and she was like, you know, there was one download in French Polynesia <laughs> where I went on my honeymoon. And then there's another download in Spain, which I was just in Spain. So who are the other 51 countries listening? And if you're listening now and you're not in the United States, tell us who you are because I can't even fathom that. There's quite a few listeners in Australia. Wow. Okay. And I think that there's (laughs) at least one in Ireland. I think um, England, there's a few just off the top of my head when I was looking, which I think is phenomenal. My heart is racing. My heart is racing with you saying that. I had no idea. We're going to have to start doing some live, like, come meet us. We'll do like a live podcast recording so we can start like meeting these people in person. And if you're in Australia and you want Steph and I to come do a talk, listen, hit us up. That is a business expense. Yes. And I love Australia. (laughs) I haven't been yet. So make it happen, Australia. (laughs) I haven't either. And I think you'll need me to... to For sure. I think we'll need you. (laughs) How can we have anything without Corey? Corey's our roadmap. Exactly. That's why I I had one more thought on the earlier question, which is like, what has happened? First of all, I think we both have gotten more comfortable with listening to our own voices and talking and talking. Yeah. I think I can now listen to episodes. It's not like fingernails on a chalkboard to me anymore. Like I've kind of gotten desensitized to my own voice. So there have been times when I'm listening to the podcast and I don't remember what we've said. And in my head, I will say something to myself. I'm like, oh, I want, this is how I would respond to that. And then that's exactly what (laughs) I said on the episode. Or like, I'll be like, you know what Steph would have said to what my comment was? And then you say it. It's really like this out of body experience because we don't remember what we've said. And then I'm like sitting there driving myself, listening to just one part because for whatever reason, I needed to listen, re-listen. And I'm like sitting in my car, like nodding along. I'm like, yes, Rachel. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think part of that is because, I mean, you, you create outlines and ideas for podcasts, but it's not scripted. And that's, that's part of the appeal is you, you guys have a great conversation every week. Right. And that leads me to ask you, how do you come up with topics for the podcast? It seems like you have this endless amount of topics you can cover for parents and students and other professionals listening out there. So what is your brainstorming process to come up with ideas? The nine months that it took us to really get the podcast going were constant moments of, oh, we could talk about this on the podcast. And, oh, we could talk about this on the podcast and sending each other text messages here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. and Which still happens. It still happens. It happened last night, Smarties. So we banked so much content ideas-wise mm-hmm. before we even launched the first episode that that was sort of the start of getting that ball rolling. And we definitely get ideas from listeners or friends of ours or, you know, parents or teachers or anybody who has sent us a message or or said, oh, this would be a really great idea. We've done those and doing the on-air coaching has been amazing and, and brought up ideas while we were recording and, and things like that. 
I've had clients give suggestions for episodes. Yeah. I've had that happen. There's an endless amount of potential for where our content really could go. And once you start knowing that you're going to be producing something, you're kind of looking at everything through a lens of, am I having this conversation with a lot of kids simultaneously? Because if so, that's a trend and we should be talking about it on the podcast. We've gotten a lot better about identifying trends of these like frequent conversations that we're having. Back in January, a lot of our kids were having these backslides. Mm-hmm. We did an episode about it. Right. These conversations that we're consistently having with parents, we do an episode about it. And so it streamlines the conversations that we have. And doing it for as long as we've been a therapist, we've now been through enough cycles of the school year and had enough evolutions of clients that you know, we can produce an episode like how educational therapy works. Yeah. And we can produce like a frequently asked questions episode or what's the difference between ed therapy and tutoring. And because we've just been doing it long enough that we know our work intimately. I love coming up with ideas for the podcast too. I think it's really, really fun. Yeah. And we've come up with a couple lately that I think are going to be good. We've got this huge list of possible episodes and yeah. oftentimes one of us will feel strongly, this is going on in, the, in my practice, or I really think that this would be great for this, that, or the other reason. And it just sort of naturally flows that way. I'll go back to that backsliding episode. Stuff felt very strongly about doing that episode and I was a little less inspired by it. Yeah. But as soon as we did it and we took the time to kind of, because it also forces us to sit and think about what we think. Like when we have to create these outlines for the episodes, we have to know how we feel about it. And it does have an impact when we're having conversations with parents. So sometimes Steph knows what we need more than I do, or sometimes I feel very strongly and then it benefits her practice in some way. For sure. Yes. But one of the most fun new episode things that we've been doing, I am loving bringing on students who are like success stories of ed therapy. It is so fun for me to meet Steph's kiddos because we don't Mm -hmm. know them. Like, I don't know your kids. I mean, I know of them. I'm like, I love for you to get to see my clients. More of that is coming. I think we just had an episode come out about it. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of confused on the order of when this is coming out versus when we're recording, but it's just fun. And we love hearing the feedback. We know which episodes are resonating because we see our numbers or people are telling us. Yeah. Somebody says something for sure. Yeah. And I know now that I speak to a lot of the families Mm -hmm. um, when they're first interested, um, you basically answered this in the last question, but I'm wondering if there's a number one concern that parents come to you with. I know what I hear when I talk Mm. to them. But is there one that stands out like, please help me, my kid needs help with blank? (laughs) I think it does trend. I also think that when parents are calling and they're coming into the practice, they've already, if you've ever had to call a therapist for yourself, it takes so much to do something like that, to go from doing nothing to doing something. And these parents have already probably tried a lot of different things. And so, I mean, I'm curious what you think, 
the answer to this question is, Corey. But for us, it's, these parents just want help and they want to know it's going to get better. Yes. And I know it's going to get better because I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Every client in my practice, I've seen the benefit. I've seen it time and time again, which is another reason we're doing the success stories because I think it provides hope. It certainly does. It certainly does. Like we've always said, there's the the parents that come in and said, you're everything I never knew I needed. And where were you when I was a kid? I got that again yes. just the other day. And I think the parents are feeling very anxious and they might not be able to put a name to the anxiety that they're feeling. But time and time again, we definitely see that they are feeling anxious because they don't know how to help their children and they don't know what it's going to look like. And the trust and understanding that comes from starting educational therapy, you know, it's a partnership for sure. And so I think it's important to note that we understand Mm. because we've had so many parents that have been in your shoes if you're that caller, you know, just starting out with educational therapy. But I agree with you. The success stories of, you know, the fact that we had a parent success story and we had Mm -hmm. a couple of kids on and we're going to have more. If that's something that your student is weary of starting educational therapy, that that might be good for your kid to listen to. You guys listen to as a family. And I think that is an awesome resource if it's needed. So I think that our practices are different, but, and we have different clients, but I think that there's such a a diversity there that it's great. Corey, what do you think the answer to that question is? What's the number one thing you're hearing from parents during your intake? I think the majority of them, these kids are bright and super capable, but I hear the organization piece, at least lately, that's what's been trending with the calls that Mm. I've made that he or she is super capable, could do the work, but just cannot, doesn't have any systems in place to figure out how to get it all done and how to manage it. The parents are kind of at their wits end trying to help. And it's kind of like what you said, Steph. Oh, you have everything I didn't even know we needed. A lot of people don't understand exactly what ed therapy is and how it can give their kids the tools to do that. So yeah. That's what I yeah. hear a lot. And things like you don't need 6,000 pencils. Right. <laughs> or 17 <laughs> notebooks. You never know where they are and you're carrying all of them in your backpack or none of them. Or none of them. It's funny because I can't tell you how often the kid is going home and teaching the system to the parents. And it's actually some, it's part of the educational therapy. It's part of our session that we spend a couple minutes at the end saying, okay, your parent's going to walk in. Things are going to look very, very different. You need to be able to explain it to them and why it's better. And even if you don't fully believe that it's better yet, you're trusting me and you need to explain it out loud to them. And you just see these parents like kind of like nodding along and they look a little Mm -hmm. worried and a little concerned, but their kid is the one explaining it to them. Those are awesome moments because then inevitably the parent's like, well, I need to do that. And I go, yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> I've, I've had clients who've taught their siblings things and then told me mm-hmm. about it. And that I think is so amazing. I love that. I mean, the Google Calendar in particular, when a sibling sees that and they're an older sibling and they don't have a system for calendaring, suddenly they have a Google Calendar mm-hmm. as well, right? And those are the types of kids that eventually 
the ones who are kind of like showing off their systems or whatever's working for them, those are the kids that eventually I want to hire back and find a way for them to work with students who were like them. You know, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. Do you have, and I mean, kids are amazing. Do you have any funny stories or anecdotes of anything that happened with any of your students? I have one client in particular, and he's one of three boys. And all of them are kind of just delicious children in each, like their own way. I had candy in my office. So it's very, very common for a sibling to come in and be like, can I have some candy? And so yesterday it happened and his brothers came in and afterwards I was like, you know, dude, all three of you are just, you are just delicious children. How did that happen? And without missing a beat, he goes, oh, we were just born like this. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and I looked at him and kind of just like gave him a little like shove on the shoulder. I'm like, but you were, you were just like, (laughs) it was so funny because I think he was trying to be funny, but he was also like, no, no, it just happened. Yeah. And he's proving it by saying that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I enjoy kids so much. I always have ever since I Mm -hmm. was old enough to babysit, just being around kids. I enjoy playing games with them. And, you know, I have a client who came in yesterday and she's in third grade and she was almost in tears about her homework. She had quite a bit and it was daunting. She had to write an essay and she walked out and she said, that was fun. And now I get to go home and do whatever I want. And those moments are just, they just make everything worth it. I just love it. So I don't know if you guys remember, but a while ago I was, Steph kind of coached me on an episode. We were talking about a very, a twice exceptional student that I have, a 10th grader who is highly gifted and very ADHD. He's very like the hyperactive. He's kind of both actually like hyperactive and inattentive. And his main characteristic that we've been kind of addressing is how rigid he is about everything. And Steph, the advice that you gave me was mandate in every session he needs to ask Mm -hmm. for help. I remember this. He needs to ask you one question. So he had a test. It was very obvious to me he wasn't prepared for it because we did our whole like scan what you know. And if a student is staring at the material and like not making progress, they don't know it, right? I gave him options of what he could do to give himself a better chance on this test. He basically took the least aggressive option of the like two or three options, meaning I wasn't surprised when the grade came back. Like nobody should have been surprised. Yeah. I actually hate being surprised by grades. So even if I know it's not going to be a great grade, I'm glad I know, like kind of going in that this is likely, it's predicted. And he came into session this week and it was the the grade came back, not great. This grade isn't representative of his potential. And so I was just kind of like, you know, what do you think I want to talk about? And he kind of just looks down and he goes, that grade, you're disappointed. Really not disappointed. Like, cause I knew like you knew, right? And he finally was like, yeah, I didn't really know it that well. And I was like, right. It was this huge 
shift because before he was like, I got this really mm. the machismo about it. Like, I, I don't need help. I got this. And he was just open and vulnerable and kind of knew coming in the conversation that we were going to have. And it was really forward thinking and mature. And what do you want to do now? What are we going to do differently? And it was really such a simple for me of this kid who was very obstinate when we first started. I mean, would curse and blame the teacher and blame everybody but himself. And he got to this moment where he was like, no, 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 I was responsible for what just happened. That's huge. That sigh of relief because it was, I don't want my clients to necessarily hit rock bottom. But I want them to get to the point where they acknowledge that change needs to be made. And when you have a high school student, can't be the parents forcing it. Right. It has to be the kid doing something differently. And I'm hopeful for him. And I totally complimented his journey. And, you know, we talk about the ed therapist needs to be the marker of the progress because they don't always know. And, you know, obviously got a panicked email from the parent about it and just the parents' reaction, everybody has like evolved in this family dynamic, which is, I feel like I've done my job and now we can build him towards the student that I know he can be. Yeah. I think that's great. Been a long time coming on that one. I love that. So if you're a learning specialist or a therapist or a teacher and you have that student that is just rigid and digging their heels in, just keep going. That's the message. That's great advice. Yep. And how long have you been working with this student, Rachel? I don't know, Corey. You would know better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Corey, uh, look that up and get back to me. (laughs) I think it's been maybe eight or nine months. That's great progress. It is great. And that just goes to show that parents want that kind of switch around to happen sometime sooner. But the parents stuck it out we all kind of stuck it out together and it was, it was a team effort on this one, but really it was the kid who finally got to that place where he could hear it. I love that. I do too. You guys are so much alike and yet so different, right? I think we'll all agree on that. (laughs) And you've said yourself, you kind of have different clients or different styles of working. So I'm a student and I'm coming in, I'm going to do a session with Steph and then uh, um, the next day I'm going to do a a session with Rachel. Mm-hmm. How are you different? What are my different experiences? Because we know you have so much in common and you work together so well and support each other. But I want to know what makes you unique. See, I've never been a client in Steph's session <laughs> and she's never been yeah. in mine. Let's start with how we're similar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's easier. <laughs> I think we're both pretty calm about what the parent is coming in or the kid is coming in and reporting. Especially in the beginning when you're starting at therapy, there's a lot of anxiety walking in the door every single time. And uh-huh. And we sit there and kind of just nod and we don't have this big, huge reaction. And I think you're going to play more games with stuff likely than with me, right? Yeah, Steph? probably. You have a wider variety of games. I do. I don't always play games in every session, and but especially with, the littles I do though. With little kids. Yeah, the older kids I don't um, necessarily unless there's time. But with the littles, I'll definitely play a game. Or you'll hear the kids jumping on the trampoline, taking a break. 
or, you know, shooting hoops with the basketball hoop on the back of my door. I was going to say, I think I'm probably a little bit tougher. Yeah, I think you're probably a little bit tougher. I'm holding kids really accountable. Not that stuff isn't, but I'm a little, I think I'm more direct sometimes, particularly with parents, right? I don't know. I always feel like there's always exceptions to rules and things, right? So I have a rule about something, but, you know, everything has a little bit of wiggle room within it. So although I like one folder, there's kids that have to have multiple folders because their school wants it or multiple or I'll have a homework folder or, uh, you know, those kinds of things. I know a big difference. What? Because of where our practices are located, we're dealing with different types of schools. Very true. Because my practice is in Beverly Hills, I got a lot of private school kids. And because of that, I get a lot of direct contact either with the learning specialist at the school or the teacher in the classroom. And sometimes stuff doesn't. Sometimes I fight for it. I actually have teachers who I email constantly and I never get a response. So there's definitely a difference as far as that is concerned. This double folder issue, if I'm the one talking to the teacher and I can just say, can we just do away with this? I can get that a lot of the times. And you don't get that kind of, like, I'll tell you, I got this win for this client or like they can do something in a specific way that's different from their peers. And you're like, oh, you know, but then there are times when like you get collaboration from the therapist, let's say, in the self aid that I don't necessarily get. It's just, it's super interesting because we're really not that far away from each other, but culturally, our businesses are... Are different. Yeah. I imagine that's the same also for ed therapists everywhere. It depends on where you live and, and who your students are that you're working with. But yeah, I think you both ultimately come from a place... I'm going to get all woo-woo now, Mm -hmm. you know, a place of love, of helping these families. And that's why I was so drawn to working with you and getting to know you too. But you have different styles. And Rachel, you definitely have a more direct style. Mm -hmm. Whereas Steph is a little, that's what I was thinking too, like games and nurturing. Mm -hmm. But you probably have more in common than you do differences for sure. I think we do have more in common than differences, but I will say when we were transitioning from us doing the intake calls to you doing our intake calls, your feedback was fascinating to me. Yes. They were very different. You were listening in on my intake calls with families versus staffs. And I never thought to ask Steph what she was talking about on her intake calls with families. So an intake call is that first call when the family's just inquiring. And rather than, like we said before, we don't do those calls anymore. You do those calls for us. It was interesting how much I would dive into strategies. This was your feedback, right? Yes. That I would dive into strategies and stuff wouldn't. Right. Necessarily. This is kind of the beauty of both of us needing you because I know there's many times that I ask for something and I'll be like, Steph does this in a completely different way. So scheduling for summer, I hate doing it. For me, I like to schedule summer and fall at the same time. Steph doesn't need to do that, right? Like emotionally, you're fine with scheduling fall later on, Mm -hmm. but I like to know. So I don't know, maybe that means I'm a little more controlling. 
Do you think I'm more controlling, Corey? I don't think you're more controlling. I just think you're very clear on what you want. Mm. And you're not afraid to express that. Oh, Adam would agree with you. But you're very open to ideas and ways of doing things Mm -hmm. as well. So it's not like you're rigid at all. That's good. (laughs) That was an interesting, how are we different? Like the Venn diagram of like Rachel and Steph and like, yeah, totally. Like we overlap so much more than we're different. And, but that's the benefit of having this kind of partnership, which we hear a lot. People wish they had their Rachel or they wish they had their staff. They wish they had their partner in private practice, but I mean, I never would have come up with the idea of like, just have this kid ask for one thing, ask one thing of you. And it changed everything. So the benefit of, you know, whoever you're drawn to, if you're a listener and you're like, you've been thinking about ed therapy and you're not sure, either one of us, you get both of us. Yeah, you do. That's absolutely true. You and do. that is a big bonus. Yeah. So that reminds me, is there any student that would not be a candidate for ed therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at it and think it can benefit everyone. Students, mm-hmm. adults, we all think about ways that we could use it. But would I ever get a phone call and say to a family, this is not really appropriate for you? <laughs> I'm I know why you're laughing. I know why. We need partnership from the parents. If it's obvious that, and we can tell, that home life is super chaotic. The parents maybe aren't compatible parents with each other. And this is not necessarily just parents who are no longer living together or married. It has to be understood that ed therapy isn't a quick fix. And we can kind of tell on the phone call because we ask that when you're calling the practice to start educational therapy, that all decision makers are on the call. So everybody hears the same information and we can tell when the decision makers aren't on the same page. Yeah. And that's usually not the best fit for us stylistically because we want partnership. And, you know, we're looking for coachability for the parents' coachability because it's not just about the kid being the identified problem. Right. It's the whole family needs to adjust and grow. And like my example from my client, like that family structure is so different now. And it's because they were open. It was also because I was very direct because I had to be. But coachability from the parents is essential. To add to that, I think the other thing that is really big and important is I would always ask this on calls, is your child open to getting help? Right. Yes. Because I've had several kids come into the practice who say they're open where the parents say they'll be open and they're not open and they're not, it's not the right time for them. Right. And so those clients have unfortunately left because we don't want to waste time, resources, money, all of the things. We say it. Yeah, for sure. Because look, we don't know until we're in the room with the kid. Like this client that I was talking about probably wasn't open to coming, kind of came in forced. And yeah. we stuck it out because. I saw tiny snippets of progress. Right. But he might not have been open, but he was willing at some point. You broke broke in there and was willing. There are kids that have come into the practice that are not open and there's no willingness at all 
And those are the kids that are not a good candidate for ed therapy. Yet. Yet, of course. But I was going to say, (laughs) maybe they need to be doing some therapy on some issues and some things going on that are more important in this moment and then circle back to educational therapy. We do deal with the social emotional of learning, but when there's social emotional of life Mm -hmm. and social emotional of family life and more going on than just like academics are suffering, Steph and I have conversation and we're, and we'll tell the parents, you know, it's like putting bandaid on a broken bone right now. Let's heal the broken bone a little bit and then come back. And I've had parents loop around on that too. And I'm really good about checking in and keeping in touch and like, how's the progress going and all that. Because if the kid made some like social emotional progress and the family structure did, then at therapy usually is the right next step. This is, I think, a great takeaway from today's episode because I don't think that comes intuitively to a lot of people. Mm. To one, that the student has to be completely on board. Mm -hmm. And two, that it's a team effort, that it affects the whole family and they have to be on board. And I see how you do that with families. And kind of only then can the changes come. So I love that. There's only so many times we can have the conversation with the family about the same thing that's happening over and over again. And we've given the feedback of like, it's not a kid up problem. It's a structural problem from the top down. And sometimes the families aren't willing to make the changes, but that's also their home. Their choice. So we're not mom and dad. Right. And so it's their choice. Sure. Over the last, gosh, how many months has it been now that I've worked with you guys? You started in September. Yeah. August or September. Yeah, Steph, I think you and I were were August. Mm -hmm. So in that time, I have watched and kind of helped you grow your team. That you have. It's not just you guys anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's been an exciting process. So can you share with the listeners a little bit about who else you have working with you and your teams and what that process was like, not just being a solopreneur (laughs) anymore? Oh, it's so hard, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So part of the mission of the podcast was to expand our ability to help. And that includes in person. Yeah, It's so hard to find quality people who, quite frankly, I enjoy being around. Right. So finding qualified clinicians or educational therapists, real struggle. That struggle is real. Yeah. But once we do, we're so excited. It's so true. You know, and I think it took us a lot of months to find clinicians to come into the practice. And one of the things that I think that has changed a little bit was when I first brought on the first clinician, she could do pretty much all of the things. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to find people who know how to do or want to do all the things. So I think I've taken a little bit of a turn in I have these specialists who are working towards becoming certified educational therapists, but they have very specified skills that, you know, they could do a lot of the things, but I really want to hone in on the things that they're just Amazing. Very talented at. So I have a writing specialist, for instance, and we've got the reading specialists. 
And, you know, so I think I think that's been a little bit of a shift from looking, you know, out in the world for somebody who can do just all the things. Yeah. Everything. And wants to. Because not everybody wants to. And I get that. Okay. In CAP Educational Therapy Group, I also have educational therapists and learning specialists on their way to becoming certified ETs and then a reading specialist as well. I feel like at some point down the road, I will have a math specialist. That's something I'm thinking about. And if you're out there listening and you think you'd be a good fit for either one of our practices, yes, we will read your resume and talk to you. Yeah, I'll tell you what a big shift in like being the boss, and I'm putting that in quotes, but I guess we are, is the fact that we now get to train our teams. And Corey, I don't think that would have happened if you weren't a part of it. I think we would have been so busy doing all the things, the backend stuff that you do to help us that we wouldn't have had time to sit down and say, okay, we really want our team to grow in this way. We really want everybody kind of doing things in a similar fashion that still feels true and authentic to them, but for their own benefit. And those kind of trainings that we're able to offer our teams now is a huge shift. It really is because I really like, I like mentoring them. I do too. And I like hearing about what's going on with their clients and how we can help them be a better version of themselves and help them learn the things they haven't learned yet and help the kids learn too. So I think that is, in addition to being able to help more families in the area, I think that is, that's an amazing part of having a team now. Mm -hmm. And that's a big benefit to your families as well. Yes. Because they get kind of a team working with their child. They get their learning specialist or their ed therapist, but then they get you overseeing that and mentoring as well. So, And ultimately, Rachel also. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. They, they do because these trainings that we're doing, it's both teams are involved in it and both teams have access to it. So, you know, Steph and I don't always do everything in the exact same way. I would say maybe there's a 2% differential in how we do things. (laughs) But ultimately, one of Steph's team members, like I know if something comes up and Steph was, I could see Steph being like, you know, Rachel would have an answer for that. Because I know there's been times I'm like, you know what, let me ask Steph what she thinks. For sure. You know, the hive mind just grows and grows and grows. Sure. And that helps everyone. Yeah. So... Now is my big, deep question. (laughs) You started out alone, then you guys found each other, then you built a team, you started a podcast. So let's think forward a bit. Where do you see yourselves a year from now? Where do you see yourselves five years from now? Corey gives all the hard questions. She does. Yeah. I want you to do some deep soul searching right now. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I was thinking about a year ago, would we be thinking about having this anniversary episode or that we had all these different types of episodes and we're doing on air coaching calls and we were, I can't believe we're doing interviews and interviews, you know, Dr. Brown and and the ones that we, you guys, we have some good ones coming up. So yeah. And that we had Pam all the way from the East Coast that wanted to come on the podcast. Like, that was great. I hope in a year we're recording our second anniversary episode. Yeah. I actually know we will be. This podcast is, it's part of our lives now. Really? It would feel really empty 
what would we do with all that time? I don't even know. What did we do before we were podcasting? I don't even know. <laughs> Steph has some big ideas. I do have some big ideas. <laughs> but we'll hold on to that for the time being. I hope we get to do more on-air coaching. I hope we get to do some more private coaching. I hope we get to do some more speaking engagements because I love that. I kind of thrive in that environment. I would love to speak too. Yeah, sorry. Who have you spoken to in the past? We've done parenting groups. We've done schools. We've done groups of parents who have students with different learning needs. Sometimes it's difficult. You know, educational therapy is about growth. It's obvious that students with learning needs have potential for growth, but it's not every time that a student comes into our practice that they have a diagnosis. So I would love more opportunities to speak in front of teachers or speak in front of parents or really students. I think students could benefit from hearing about their own, what a learning profile is. What does memory mean? What is executive functioning? Why are these things important? We love getting to put together those talks. So feel free to invite us. We'll go to Australia or the UK or (laughs) we'll go spreading more awareness about ed therapy. We'll see. We'll see. But for sure, we're going to continue podcasting and we'll all be here next year for the second anniversary show. Anniversary show. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see what comes. Hopefully we go somewhere with some of the big ideas coming down the pathway, which makes Rachel a little bit. Uh, yeah, look at my face. <laughs> I right can now. see it. <laughs> she's she's a little bit. Um, I don't know the. I don't Listen, know the word. <laughs> every six months, we've gone to a spa and we talk about what is going to come. In the first six months, like the first one we went to, Steph told me, and I was like, "Are you out of your ever?" I mean, I. But you know what? She's right. And it's so we'll probably end up doing it. But we'll we'll save that. Corey, we'll tell you off air. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much for coming Thanks, on and Corey. taking the time and doing this with us. I'm hanging out with you. My pleasure. Thanks, Corey. We really appreciate you coming on. And I'll be interested to hear if you listen to the episode, actually. I bet you she will. (laughs) I bet she will, too. If you're interested in educational therapy and you sign up for a phone call, it could be Corey that you're speaking to, or you could be speaking to Rachel if you're calling CAP Educational Therapy Group, or Stephanie for My Ed Therapist. We just wanted to remind you, Smarties, first of all, you can't even know what it does for me and Steph when we hear from you guys and when we hear the really exotic places to us that you all live. It's wild to think that we're connecting with people in Oklahoma and Florida and New York and internationally. So we just want to thank you for spending so much time with us over the last year. And we know we said it in the episode, but we wanted to remind you of some ways that you could help us with the podcast. So here we go. We would love to see you share your favorite episode on Instagram or Instagram story and tag us at Learn Smarter Podcast. You could give us a five-star review on Apple. You could join our Facebook group the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast Facebook group, where we go live once a month, the first Thursday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
And you can join our email list at www.learnsmarterpodcast.com where you'll receive funny behind the scenes stuff and any freebie that's associated with an episode. And it's a direct way to connect with us as well. You could tell a friend that you think might really benefit from either a specific episode or hearing the podcast. We all know those people who feel really alone with their struggles with their learners. And one of the reasons we started the podcast and have been doing it for one year what, <laughs> is because we wanted to give those people a community and let parents know who are struggling. This is what we do all day, every day, and it will get better. So please share with that person in your life. If you've been thinking about wanting to do an on-air coaching call with us, now is the time. So let us know through any of the ways. Our email, <laughs> Rachel and Steph at Learn Smarter Podcast. You can also DM us on Instagram or however you want to let us know. We have been loving the opportunity that we've had in this last year to speak at various groups and spread awareness about educational therapy, give direct feedback. And during our talks, we've been doing quite a few talks on executive functioning. So we'd love to come and do that if you have a group and we will travel. So <laughs> if there is a reason for us to go to another country, give us that reason, people. <laughs> uh, have talk, we'll travel. Have talk, we'll travel. And of course, you can email us privately about whatever. A lot of you take us up on that option. And we do write back. So please email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. You don't have to come and do an on-air coaching call to get feedback from us. So we want to thank you for being with us for the last year. We can't believe it's been a year. Yeah, that's crazy with you saying that right now. Which means we've been working on this podcast for nearly two. Two. <laughs> it's a long time, guys. When we started like telling people we were going to podcast, people who had podcasts said to us, only be in it to win it. Yeah. Podcasting is hard. Every week we have to produce something, whether or not we're around to do it. And we have to cut like our EF skills, our executive functioning skills have to be so on point to make sure that our episode comes out every Tuesday. And so to think that we've somehow been able to figure it out for the last year, so much has happened. We've both traveled for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. I was away for basically five weeks when it came to the wedding. Like we didn't come back to podcasting for at least a month after the wedding. Yeah. Because we had planned it out so we could bust through. I really like when we can take a little break <laughs> and like batch record. Totally agree. But just so much has happened and our businesses have changed so much and our teams have expanded and our reach has really expanded. And, you know, our mission is to help families who are struggling. Yeah. We've seen the transformation, and hopefully over the last year, we've been able to share some of those stories with you that give hope and show the transformation and impress you because some of the people that have come on the podcast have so impressed us. And we're going to have to create some bigger dreams, Steph. Mm -hmm. Don't say it. I know what you're thinking, and I'm not ready. Steph has some goals, guys. I have some goals. If you have some goals for us, I would love to hear those goals, too. Share the goals, guys. What should we what what should we do? What should we do next, guys? We have some ideas, but <laughs> I want to hear yours too. Smarties, we also this is just something and I'll put it out on the podcast and kind of see what comes back at us. 
I've for a long time have been thinking that we should do some like happy hour thing. And I know we're in LA and that's where we are, but it'd be really cool to meet some people who are listening to the podcast. We've met people in person. We've like invited people to our offices and stuff. And like, that's been really fun. Yeah. But I think doing some sort of happy hour thing would be really cool. Would you guys come? You have to let us know. Cause we don't want to, you know, we don't want to throw a party and have no one come. So <laughs> <laughs> let us know if you'd be down and yeah. we will talk about it for sure. Yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> So Smarties, help us out. Do one of those things to help us celebrate. And thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Can't wait to see you soon. Have a great week. Yeah. Have a great week, Smarties.